Hi everyone, Leanne Pilkington here. This episode of Courageous Conversations contains sensitive subject matter regarding mental health and potentially some confronting or triggering topics. If you or someone you know is struggling with mental health or anything mentioned in this episode triggers you, please remember that help is available 24 hours a day from Lifeline at 13 11 14 or of course call 000 if a life is in danger. Of course, we know that our jobs were really, really challenged in how we had to deal with all the different situations with rent not being paid, etc. Apart from the fact that we ourselves, you know, might have had husbands, you know, in other industries that they've lost their job. But we, we had to just focus on what we were doing with helping our clients. And I think, yes, you know, property managers have really been impacted and anyone who is, st- is still in the industry after all that, oh my God, how resilient they are, let me tell you. You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of Elite Agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers and leaders. We are proud to present Courageous Conversations, a podcast series focusing on the tough decisions people have made to put themselves on a pathway to success. This episode is brought to you by Connect Now, who makes the business of moving easier for both you and your clients. For more information, visit connectnow.com.au. Please welcome your host, Leanne Pilkington. Hey everyone, Leanne Pilkington here with the latest edition of Courageous Conversations and with me I have the most influential woman in real estate for 2021. 2020. Laura Valenti, welcome Laura, so lovely to see you. Thanks Leanne and remember you took over that in 2021 so that's your crown. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that was only, that wasn't that long ago actually, that was, um, yeah, yeah. So tell me, what did you do to achieve that accolade? Because that's a, you know, it is a, it is a big call. There's a lot of incredible women in our industry um, doing some great things. Tell us about what you did to win that. Yeah, it's a good question. You just do what you do, I guess. I think a part of it was um, what we were doing as the response to COVID, because that was right in the middle of COVID, and there was not even a ceremony or anything. And I just got a pack a nice box with a certificate, didn't get to pick up a, a, a like a Damn. trophy or anything. I'm so glad so I didn't win that year. <laughs> I know. What, I was ripped off. You were. But, um, but no, it was, it was nice. I, and I think uh, a lot of it had to do with the things that we were doing in domestic family violence. Okay, tell me a little um, bit more about that. What do you do? So just recognising that there's been a lot out that has come out in the public in the past two years, I'd say, brought on by COVID and, and people needing safe houses to, to be locked down in. And um, I think it was in, yeah, in the sort of beginning of 2020, we um, started to understand how much domestic family violence was was around that you, you just didn't see. Um, Can I tell you, I had a statistic um, just this morning that said 40% of all um, crime in Queensland is domestic violence. 40%. Yeah, I saw that. I heard that. But, you know, I was speaking with, in our little area, which is the Moreton Bay region, north of Brisbane, the police say that 60% of their call-outs are domestic family violence related. Yeah. Wow. So it takes up a lot of resources. So, you know, when you talk about even the crisis responses, um, 
the, the, the main thing is for these survivors to have a place to go to. And all the statistics say that if, you know, if there's nowhere to go, then they're just going to stay where they are for the benefit of the kids or, you know, where, where do they go? Some of them go to refuges, crisis accommodation, but, but it just sounds awful that, you know, there's hardly any room. Um, they're all just sleeping, I don't know, on little cots and they just go, you know what, I'd rather go home and face, face that than, than have my kids sleeping in a big room with everyone else. So um, unfortunately, the reason that they do go back is that they don't have a place to stay. So, you know, the idea of housing is just intrinsically entwined with um, helping people get out of DFB situations because if there was a place to go to, then that's the first step. That's when they can then leave, have a safe place and then start to get all of the um, <clears throat> all of the things they need, the counselling, the connection to um, legal services so that they can start to rebuild their lives. But you can't have any of that if you don't have a safe place to live. And of course, what do we do? We are in housing, you know, in private housing. So um, real estate agents, but more so property managers because uh, DV survivor is not going to, to leave and then buy a house. There's no time for that anyway. Um, so they're going to look for rental accommodation, aren't they? Um, and, and so the, the private rental market has a really huge part, I think, to play in uh, allowing um, these survivors to at least find a place to stay that's safe. So from a practical sense, what did you actually do? There's two kind of situations. There's the tenants that are already with us that um, a DV situation happens and we have to assist um, ending that lease um, safely and, and allowing the, the, the victim to move on and and you know, go through all the, the different legislation that has to happen. Um, and there's also people coming to us who are fleeing DV situations. And you know, I keep saying it's it's not a not a lot that we have to do to make a real difference. And uh, one of them is just that we're aware and and we have an awareness. Um, you know, in all of our staff have an awareness of, of what to look for yeah, in yeah. Uh, in a DV situation, what to look for when you're going on a routine inspection. If you see, you know, strange behaviour and you see some damages to walls, kind of think, hmm, this could be, you yeah. know. And, and so it starts with the awareness. And then if we have someone who needs some extra assistance, we, we, can, we actually know what to do. And sometimes all it takes is, listen, okay, you're interested in that property, how about a private inspection? You know, I'll take you through at 5.30 at a time that suits you because, you know, often they're controlled by their partner and so there are only certain times that they can leave the home. So you just work in with that. Like, that's not hard to do. Some of them, they say... It's that, that awareness though, right? You need to yeah. be really... Um, so do you have special training for your, your team? Um, it, it, it's just videos that have been put out by the REIQ in conjunction with Q Shelter. Yeah. Um, they've got, um, and they're really just little micro learning videos that uh, it took me an hour at the most to, to watch all the videos and read the literature. And after an hour, I felt like my eyes were just wide open. I, I can't close them again. Now, when I see things, I automatically think, oh, you know, is there something going on there? Yeah. Um, so it's the awareness that we're all about, that agents need to be aware. And I'll tell you a, a little story. So, yeah. so after being aware of all this and, and speaking to tenants who are fleeing situations and, and assisting where we can, um, you know, I was interviewing 
for staff a couple of months ago and there was this girl I was interviewing, she was a property manager. She'd been in the industry a couple of four years. And um, I asked her, oh, what's a you know, situation where you had to deal with a, a, some sort of conflict? She said, oh, I was at a routine one day at an inspection and oh, there was damage to the wall. There was a big hole in the wall and um, I had to speak to the tenants about it. And I said, oh, what, yeah, tell me more. And she said, oh yeah, um, the wife was really, really nervous and really apologetic and she was almost crying. And, and I said, oh, what was, was the partner there? She said, yeah. And I said, what was he like? Oh, look, he was really, you know, very, very helpful and charismatic. And, and I looked at her and I said, do you have any idea what may be going on here? And, and she just blank, you know, and she just had no idea what I was talking about. And I said, do you think that maybe there was a DV situation going on there? And she just went, Oh, or maybe, maybe, you know. So it's just that awareness that she had no idea working four years as a property manager. I would have seen this so many times. And maybe. I've got to say, like, that was me two years ago. I don't have any experience with that, thank goodness. Um, none of my close friends that I knew of. But once you start learning, you open your eyes and then people come to you and they tell you, you know, once I started talking about it in our office, out of 16 women, four had either had that experience or were currently in that experience, whether it was It's horrifying how many, I, I do know people um, around me that have had that experience in the past and, and colleagues, um, and, yeah, it's, um, it's surprising how often it happens. Mm. It, really is. it is surprising, and, and once you start that conversation, it's really amazing how many people come and go, you know what, happened to me because there is that stigma they feel embarrassed that you know they're a professional strong woman how could I allow myself to get into this situation and people and, um if you haven't yeah. experienced it you you can be a bit judgmental right and why yeah. you, why would you stay I wouldn't stay and it's like well you actually don't know what you would do because it depends on so many things right yes and when they see how you know empathetic we are to our our tenants um and we try to help them then they they realise that, oh, look, you know, they're, they're not judgmental. They understand that people there but for the grace of God go I, you know. So I think it's up to us as a community to be aware and, and help with the prevention of DFE. And I think additionally as real estate agents and property managers, um, you know, we need to be aware. And how many, like you think about it, how many other people can walk off the street and legally, with notice, legally walk into every single room in a property, in the cupboards, in the bathrooms, with a camera, and, and take note of what's no, going on. No, I never thought about that, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. And that's what we do. Legally, we have the right to do that every six months. And so not even their caseworker would do that, would they? Not even their, their best friend or their cousin would do that. They'd stay in the lounge room and talk to them. So what, what, what a responsibility we have to report anything that we see that maybe nobody else sees. Yeah, wow. That's, um, yeah, that's a really interesting take on it. And I love that REIQ have got those resources. So if um, any, of our, um, any of our viewers or listeners are members of REIQ, definitely reach out and I will be um, checking in with the New South Wales Institute to see if we've got that um, available. And if we haven't, yeah. 
We will. They're great. The REIQ and Antonia in particular have been really active since about 2017 when they started all this. And so yeah. um, the, the resources were already there. And so I was able to just train myself and my staff and, yeah. and we could make a start. Yeah. Um, and, um, and so the videos actually are available to anyone. They're not just REIQ members. And okay. if you get onto our, um, we've got a, a special website from our other company, we form Safe Home Alliance. Um, I've sent you those details, I think. So if you get onto that website and you click onto Agent Resources, all of those videos are there. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Well, I will get Renee to put that link into the show notes. Um, that is amazing. All right. Well, I want to change gears a little bit. Um, we've all been through, it feels like um, a decade of COVID, but it's we're into what, year three now? Huh? Can you even imagine it? we're into year three? Um, what have you, what have been the challenges? I mean, I know we've all had challenges with, you know, remote work and all that sort of stuff, but specifically, how have you found that it's challenged you personally and your leadership? It, it has, has been tough, of course, but, you know, look at the big picture. We still have our business. We still have our jobs. I didn't have to put anyone off. Property management in particular uh, fared really well in that, you know, the jobs are still there. Um, we didn't have to worry about, am I going to lay someone off? Um, but, of course, we know that our jobs were really, really challenged in how we had to deal with, all the different situations with rent not being paid, et cetera, apart from the fact that we ourselves, you know, might have had husbands, you know, in other industries that they've lost their job. But we, we had to just focus on what we were doing with helping our clients. And I think, yes, you know, property managers have really been impacted and anyone who is, st is still in the industry after all that, Oh, my God, how resilient they are, let me tell you. Incredible. Um, I will say, though, talking, talking from my point of view as a business owner and, and leader, um, it's, it, it's been really tough. Uh, it's been really tough because, you know, you've got to, you can't just crumble and go into a corner and cry. You know this, Leanne, you're in the same situation. No matter how much you feel like it. Oh, how many times have I just oh, closed my door and just, sat behind yeah. my desk and had a little cry but you can't show that to your staff you can't you've got to be strong and and so you 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 just you just keep going because there is no alternative um so you know the daily um zoom videos to our staff who are working from home and feeling very alone and isolated all the different things that we would do to help keep our team together um and and just the work that was involved in changing procedures on a, you know, just on a, on a pinhead, you know, lockdowns, okay, lockdown, inspections postponed, we do this, we do that, email out to the tenants, email to the owners, really sorry, can't do an inspection at your property, Mr. Owner, too bad. Yeah. <laughs> we have to wait for lockdown to be over and, and, and just dealing with all that stuff on top of what we normally do. Um, yeah, as a business owner, I would just spend all every weekend, every minute of the day, just changing procedures and sending emails and communicating, and and it 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 wears you down. It, it's it well, you're on constantly, right? You're on. You're alert for what's going to happen next because there's so much going on all the time, and it does. It, it like from a physical perspective, it, it wears out your adrenals. I mean, it just does. It does, yeah, very tough. So, you know, thank God our business fared fine 
and you know we all have a job and you know first world problems right yeah. um, but it, it does something to your stress levels and to your your yourself and and i think i only realized now how much it changed me how like my heightened sense of anxiety was was just up there the whole time and any little thing would trigger me you know right. and i don't think i'm alone in this i think if everyone was to be um honest with themselves um they if they cared about what they were doing um then you know i heard an interesting stat recently um 95 of people think they're self-aware but only 10 to 15 percent of people actually are and so that whole self-awareness piece you don't um you know, you think you're okay and you think you're behaving normally, but you're, you obviously are genuinely self-aware and you've been able to see that you are different than you were pre-COVID. It doesn't come straight away. Sometimes no. people have got to come with a sledgehammer and hit you over the head. <laughs> uh, so I've got good people around me. My, my husband is, you know, Mr. No Stress, no matter what happens. Like he's, he's a real rock. And so he'll say to me, you know, you, you're getting a bit stressed. And I'll say, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, um, and I've got, you know, great staff around me who, you know, we, I'm down, they're up, they're down, I'm up. And so we, we lean on each other. Uh, so it, it, takes, it, it takes a while. But then when you suddenly start to get aware of your own, you know, body and your stress levels, then you realise, oh, my gosh, that was really tough. Yeah. Yeah, and so what have you done now to alleviate that? Oh, look, I'm just trying to, you know, the usual stuff, eat better, exercise more. But but just, you know, on the weekends now, the the, the work levels have gone to a more even keel. And so I, I um, you just have to have your weekends to yourself. Don't sit there and work on the weekends if you don't have to. Um, I, I do a bit of very amateur singing on the side. I sing oh, in the awesome. choir. And, oh, my gosh, it's just the best thing. Yeah. When you're singing with people, they rely on you. You've got to rehearse your part as well. And so when you're singing, you, you forget about everything else. Uh, so that's been a real stress release for yeah, me. Yeah, that's an amazing thing to do because you, you have to find something where you do forget everything else. A girlfriend of mine has recently taken up playing the saxophone, of all things, um, and she said exactly the same thing to me. She can't focus on anything but the sax when she's playing. So, yeah, that's interesting. And how are you finding, I know that 40% um, uh, of property management offices are looking for people and about 23% of property managers are saying they want to exit um, the industry. How are you finding that with your team? Yes, I've made it no secret to anyone I speak to. Uh, we've had a real big change of um of, the, of our team um, we're used to having people for years and years and, and the top you know management are still with us thank god for years but we've had a, a, a bit of a, a change of our team uh, over the past six or seven months and i'm just not used to that so i just it was really really quite difficult part of yeah. the reason my stress levels went up Sure. Um, so, I, look, I think it's more, it's got to be more than 40%. I, I think a lot of agencies with a decent size um, team are looking for people. And, and I hear that a third, uh, a third of property managers have left the industry. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was more. 
Um, there's no experienced people anymore, or if there are, they're staying put, you know, because they, they're loyal and that's awesome. Um, so we've had to have a real rethink about how we structure things. You know, I, I really do think, and this is just my opinion and my perspective, I could be wrong. I think the days of the portfolio manager are slowly dying. Um, we, we were very much portfolio, but we still had our leasing person and our accounts person. Yeah. Uh, but I just think that to find that one person who can do everything, it's just, I think those days are gone and nobody wants to do that anymore. It's just too high stress. Uh, so we're, we're more task-based now and easier to train because you have to train them just in their specialty. Yeah, I was going to say, it would make, make it easier to get people from outside of the industry to do some of those yeah. roles. And it was actually forced upon us because we had an opening of basically most of our property management positions were gone. And so we said, well, I can't find anyone with any experience. And any anyone that I got with experience, I wasn't totally happy anyway because I had really bad habits, you know, uh, that they brought with them. And to unlearn and relearn is way harder than just to learn. So um, we just had to go outside the industry. Uh, we've got people from the health industry, people from childcare, a lot. Something's happening in the childcare industry. They're all leaving, right? Yeah. So um, childcare, like, edu like lead educators who had, you know, some smarts about them, uh, but just from other industries who just have always wanted to get into real estate and they're just taking this opportunity now um, to, to change, just like property managers are now changing and going to other industries. Other so industries, yeah. It, but it's, it's, all, it's a challenge. It's all right for you, right? You're an experienced property manager, so you can train them and you know what they should be doing and you know what flat the flags are and all that stuff. But when a lot of our business owners in real estate are sales-based um, principals and so they need experienced property managers, right? Yes, and I, I, I seriously don't know how we could have done this if I hadn't been right across everything. And of course, I've got my great 2IC, Caroline, who takes care of most of the training, thank goodness for her. But I can still, obviously, I know exactly what's going on and I, I'm taking care of the procedure part of it and making sure everything works with the different tasks. Yeah. I don't know how other agencies would cope if they didn't have that person sort of overseeing everything. It would be hard and they would be losing lots of clients, I think. Yeah. Um, talk to me about the expectations of the people that are coming in um, from, a, you know, working from home flexibility and all of that sort of stuff. Because we were talking with my team um, recently about the fact that work from home used to be such an absolute privilege and now it's an expectation. And instead of it attracting people to you, if you don't offer it, they won't come, they, they, they won't come to you. It's, um, yeah, it's so bloody frustrating, right? Yeah, so there's different tasks that lend themselves easier to working from home. Our, our trust account manager, for example, she's been with us for 10 years, so um, she's a fixture, a permanent fixture. Uh, she actually can do her job from home, and so we've got, we've got her working one day a week at home, and it suits her and it suits us. Uh, but, again, she's also the trainer of the admin team. She's also the manager of the admin team. And admin have to be here at the office to answer phones, et cetera. And so she can't be home permanently. And she doesn't want to be, no. Um, property managers, you know, they, they can do some things from some. the home. But, again, if they're all so new, you can't train people. You can't train them from home. home. I mean, you can if you have to, but it's not ideal. And, and I've got to say that we, I had this conversation with everyone 
And I said to them, hey, you know, if you really want to work from home, come and chat with me, you know, because we're, we're open to being flexible. But all of them went, oh, nah, because uh, one of them, uh, she was uh, quite a new PM and she had to stay home. She was in lockdown because she got COVID. Uh, she was able to still work, but she wasn't allowed out. Um, and so she was working from home for a week and she's, oh my God, Laura, I couldn't wait to get back to the get office. She was lonely. She didn't like <laughs> it. She felt, you know, not supported. So they hate it. They actually don't like it. So I had a situation where I was talking to somebody this week who said um, they, one of their team members who they really like um, was leaving and they said, why? It's like, oh, well, you know, I really want it. I don't want to be at home. I want to be working. Um, I want to be working in the office. It's like, we let you go home because you wanted to go home. Oh, yeah, but now it's time for me to come back into the office. And, and I really wanted to have a bit more travel with my role. It's like uh, COVID, anyone? Like there's been no travel for it. So it's really interesting. People are making these decisions without even going back and speaking to their leaders. So you really need to make sure you're having that close conversation, right? Oh, yeah. Look, can I just say any people out there who've got a boss to answer to, um, if you're not happy with something, something just please just speak to them. Yeah. <laughs> because they, they can't read your mind. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. As much as we'd like to pretend we can, we can't. Yeah, no, yeah. we can't. Yeah, exactly. So what's ahead for you and uh, and your business, Laura? Look, I think at the moment, you know, we're stabilising. We were, we were always about growing, growing, had our two BDMs up until a couple of years ago. You know, let's grow, let's grow. And, you know, we've got up to over a 1,000 properties, Um sort of all around Brisbane, uh, but then COVID and, and the staff changes and, I, and I'm a believer in you cannot, you cannot look at growing your business unless what you have is really, really secure. And so, you know, owners feel unsettled when their property manager changes. Yep. Uh, no matter how many emails I send to them, they're still, they're still asking, who's my property manager? You know, it's okay. We've got a team looking after you. So we have to be very careful to make sure we, we over-service. Um, and then once, once we've got our new staff properly trained that they know how to answer any question that comes to them, then we'll, we'll look at sort of increasing our numbers. Because, of course, as you know, everyone's selling their properties, aren't they? So, <laughs> so um, we do have a little sales team as well, so we're able to service those clients. But, of course, it means our, our numbers are going down a little bit. Um, it's been a bit of a blessing at the moment because we know that you know we're not overloaded and we can we can provide that service that we always have but eventually we're going to have to start putting those numbers back so next few years we'll be slowly you know building again and then i don't know we'll see see what the industry has in store for us uh, i was watching a webinar with some real thought leaders um, who were experts on data and what was happening with the investment industry and property management. And they were all asked the question, you know, what's property management going to look like in the next five years? And, and none of them could answer. Oh, really? <laughs> that, they, they couldn't answer. They couldn't say, you know, what's disruption going to look like? What's, what's the property manager's job going to look like? And, and they just all said, you know, we don't know what's in store. So um, I... So how can us mere mortals, you know, figure that one out? <laughs> exactly. But I think it's, again, the idea of the portfolio manager. I yep. think that's going to slowly die. And it's, it's more a team of, of experts in their certain fields who are able to provide that great expert professional service. 
um, and, and then we, we see what happens then. Yeah, yeah, I um, I agree that the, I think you'd be very brave to be predicting the future after what we've gone through in the last few years. Uh, it's no. been so lovely to catch up with you. Thank you so much for for taking the time, and I will look forward to seeing you at a at a real estate event um, sometime soon. Definitely, love to speak with you, Leanne. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Courageous Conversations with thanks to connectnow.com.au. Don't forget to get access to all of Elite Agency's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast. Visit joineliteagent.com. Hi everyone, Leanne here again. Just a reminder, mental health and crisis support is available from Lifeline at 13 11 14 or call 000 if a life is in danger.